On this episode, we discuss Gili live from San Francisco Sketchfest. For providing proof to the audience at home, there, there's no way that we could have just stuck that noise in. <laughs> you can't add fake crowd noise. In. No, it's, it's illegal. Yeah, it's, it's illegal. illegal. Yeah. They pass a law, Dan. The FDA Thanks, would not Biden approve. Thanks, administration. Wow, uh, those, are, those, those are pretty lengthy notes, dude. Are you sure you're gonna get <laughs> well, through this one? <laughs> we'll do what we can. Uh, thank you to Cobb's Comedy Club. We are here in San Francisco. We are talking about Gili, which starts with Mister. Ben Affleck. Now, we, don't have, now we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to interrupt Dan and mention that Cobb's Comedy Club is named after the funniest salad. Dan, continue. <laughs> we just don't have time for it. So, Dan, continue. <laughs> so, Dan, you picked Gigli because it had nothing problematic in it, right? <laughs> it's just a simple open and shut kidnapping case. You know, honestly, we like talked about like what should we talk about on this tour? We've, you know, we've never we've never had Gigli. Why did we hit Gigli? And then I'm like, oh right. Yeah. There's some terrible stuff mm, in there. Challenging material on this one. Mm. Luckily, it's in the hands of Damacoy. Zeely <laughs> <laughs> starts with Mr. Ben Affleck talking directly to us, the audience. We think this is this is him as Larry Zeely. <laughs> Turns out he's talking to someone he is stuffed in a uh, dryer yep. because we've learned that he's a mob collection man. Of course... Uh, the, the natural casting for a <laughs> Italian mob collector, Mr. Ben Affleck, uh, the Beantown bad boy. <laughs> he played a regent of France recently in medieval times. He can do anything. I mean, he's a, he, look, he's, he's, he's grown into really a Batman, terrific actor. But thank you. How, uh, how, could they act. how could they cast this man who's not actually Batman to play Batman? I, w I would argue that Affleck is doing what he can with an impossible role. I will give him that. In this one or with Batman? Uh, well, maybe both. Okay. So we, uh, he's outside uh, later on in Santa Monica Boulevard with his boss, Lewis. In beautiful Los Angeles. Oh, no. no Guys, I forgot what city we were in. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Pander correctly. Uh... <laughs> Now, he explains early on, my name is Gili, it rhymes with really, which, so, when I was trying to watch Gili, of course, I didn't want to, you know, I'm a modern man, I don't want to have to type <laughs> in Gili. I want to be able to just That's talk. That's five whole letters. It's five letters, who has the time? I want to talk to my Your hands remote. are busy. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. He's just eating a big sandwich. <laughs> I want to just be able to talk to my remote, so I, I was talking to the Apple TV, I mean, Gili, Gili, nothing. My wife Audrey says, "Could just give it to me," and she goes, "Giggly." Immediately it comes up, and I would argue that this is problem one of a yeah. troubled film. Yeah. Immediately comes up, and it's like, "You want to buy this, right?" And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> Based uh, on your viewing history. <laughs> uh, Lewis asked Julie to uh, kidnap a family member of a guy who's bothering an associate of his in Louis, New York. Did we mention who Lewis is? 
Lewis. The, the mob boss. The Weasley mob yeah, boss. Okay. Who is it? I, I just don't I, know if we had mentioned that. I had just mentioned oh, Lewis. Okay. Elliot, um, this will go longer. Yeah, the, you, uh... the interrupting is going well. Yeah. So who's Geely? <laughs> His name is Giggly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 so the person that he, he wants to kidnap is uh, he's in a mental home. This is a character played by Justin Bartha. His the name guy is, who's always asleep in the hangover movie. The guy who's yeah. always asleep in the hangover movies or, or hanging off a, a moving van in National Treasure. Um, and uh, he is playing in this role someone with some sort of mental disability. Uh, not, not, not sensitively. I don't think it's his fault so much as the movie. Uh, his, he has what we would call sort of a movie mental disability where little bits and pieces of actual things are just sort of mixed together into a stew of something that doesn't actually exist in life. But um, it's one of the fundamental issues with this film. Yeah, one of the two fatal flaws. The idea that like, oh, like, oh we're going we're gonna to love this guy who's kidnapping this uh, this this. And calling him a variety of slurs and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. So, Gilius... And, uh, and I think he assaults him at one point. Yeah, uh, it's not great. And he kidnaps him. It's the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. it's true. But he's lovable. <laughs> uh, so, is talking to Brian, and he gets Brian to go with him by saying that he's on his way to the Baywatch. And Brian, Brian loves the Baywatch. Brian wa- keeps talking about how he wants to go to the Baywatch. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you to the Baywatch. And then he, he does do a bit... Where he keeps picking up what is it some something in his car? He keeps picking up a flashlight to and like pretend the phone because the, again the movie is treating this other character. You can as get if, a fucking telephone that looks like a pair of lips, Elliot. It makes sense <laughs> that's to right. me. Or a football. In the world of the movie, it works. This is or like Garfield's torso. You're all <laughs> you're all missing the most baffling part of this. He pretends to talk. To, uh, on this uh, flashlight, and then later on, he uses his cell phone. Oh, yeah. He could have just pulled out his cell phone and pretended to have a yeah, conversation. But he, he's like, oh, the Baywatch is closed today? I guess you gotta come to my apartment. Okay, yeah. this is the hero of the movie. So, <laughs> Gili's apartment, where we're gonna spend most of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says he wants to go home. Gili says he's gotta stay there. I will say this apartment is like an accurate representation of a weird single dude's apartment. In there's LA, like one lamp. Yeah. There's no art on the walls. They make a point of talking about how there's no books in the whole place at one point. Yeah. Yeah. He, if he wants to read a story, he has to read the back of a hot sauce bottle. They of should have to complete it. They should have just had a cutaway shot of how there's a plastic shopping bag hanging on a cabinet as a garbage can. Yeah. I feel like that's that's the sign of a single man's home. <laughs> Why would I buy something to put trash in? I just throw it away anyway. I mean, that, I mean, for me, that's trash overflow. You know, like once you filled up the the main trash then zone, you take the trash out mm. re- I mean, rather than. <laughs> Remember, I couldn't type in five letters. <laughs> yeah, that's fair point. You're always eating those sandwiches. You're like, I can't take the trash out. The sandwich is taking forever. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, played by J Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, as we were saying before, uh, you know, Ben and Jennifer got together. Benifer won. This is it, the first Benifer. The first Benifer. This is the only Benifer to serve two non-consecutive terms as Benifer. Yeah. It was broken up by another Benifer. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she reveals that Lewis hired her to be, sort of be a, you know, a second babysitter because he did not... Trust Gili. She's another con. Second babysitter would have been a way better name if it was. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, so threatened by this 
affront to his masculinity that immediately he starts being mean to Brian, who was actually treating with a fair amount of sensitivity before she showed up. But then he's like, I'm a man. <laughs> who, who can I dominate who's weaker than me? Yeah. Uh, they all have dinner together. It's clear that this is supposed to be this makeshift family unit, which is, I guess, why they have made Brian the way he is in this. Like They, they were like... Oh, we can't have Gili kidnap a child to have this family unit, so let's do this worst thing. Yeah, I, I would argue that they could have had him kidnap a child. I, a sassy kid and a mobster kidnaps him, but the, it's, I mean, it's literally the story of the ransom of Red Chief by O'Henry. Yeah. Like, it's been done already. Then you gotta um, pay O'Henry money, and, and his, he's got a lot of high-priced lawyers yeah. for most candy bar cash. He, and he needs a fucking story by credit. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, you know who I really see directing this is M. Night Shyamalan. Like, we get it. You love twists. We understand, O'Henry. What uh, at the end, Gili sold the kid in order to buy hairbrushes <laughs> for Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Gili puts Brian to bed by, as you said, reading Tabasco bottle to him. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know comes on to J-Lo by saying she can sleep in his bed. And he comes out in a robe and poses and... He spends a lot of time posing. Yeah. He's like talking to He's psyching himself up, dude. You got J-Lo in your bed. <laughs> he talks... I mean... It, You're he, just gonna fucking ice cold that one? Just walk out? <laughs> I mean, he must figure he's halfway there, living on a prayer. Yeah. Well, he does... Yeah, he does a lot of talking about who's the bull and who's the cow, which will come back up again. Yeah. <laughs> There's two, there's two animal metaphors in this movie, and neither of them work. The bull and the cow one, and later one involving a turkey yeah. that we'll get to. Yeah. But this is where we... <laughs> oh, God. This is where we learned that Ricky... You chose this life, Dan. Ricky... Ricky says Gili is not her type because she is a lesbian. Because this is the, the period in time where yeah, Ben yeah, Affleck yeah. only romanced lesbians yeah. on screen. With a surprising amount of success. <laughs> Yeah, second ruinous choice in the like. I I get from a screenwriting perspective what the movie thinks it's doing. It's it's you know like Gili is the toxic masculine guy who needs to be taken down by a woman who is his opposite number. But yeah, simply make her bisexual. That is a thing that exists in the world, and then it would make sense. You wouldn't be like, I'm angry now that you are telling me that Ben Affleck can turn every lesbian, but... but um, yeah, okay, but, Monday morning quarterback over here. Yeah. I think that... I've written some Gili fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to pass it out after the show. I told I mean, him not to. The thing is... And why did he include all these drawings he made? <laughs> What's Goofy doing in here? <laughs> you know what he's doing. He does. <laughs> You're a grown-up. You have kids. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yep. Goofy's just doing whatever you have to do to have kids. The, uh, when you, uh, what, the thing is, maybe they thought it was progressive because it kind of wins her over by, spoiler alert, becoming the more, the softer, kind of more subordinate one in the relationship. But we'll see how that happens. It's still dumb. It's still so Every once in a while, this movie will uh, sort of electrify as a, you know, a, a brilliant actor wanders on screen. And, uh, and that happens for the first time here as creepy cop Christopher Walken comes in and delivers a, a fucking acting clinic. Yeah. yeah. It, but is he supposed to be a creepy cop or he's a regular cop that Christopher Walken has he's a, brought him? I think he's to. just a normal cop, but he happens to be played by Christopher Walken. Yeah. And it is a little bit like his character from the Dead Zone, like... 
figured things out and became a cop, and, but he's still him. Just before we walked out on stage, my wife revealed that when she was watching the movie, she noticed that when he stood up from a seated position, that his balls stuck on the chair longer than the rest of his pants, and I stumbled toward the entryway to the stage, shocked and not knowing what to do with myself. But that's also why you got to spring for the 4K because yeah, <laughs> you lose really, details like that. That's the sort of detail you yeah. don't get otherwise. Are you um, mentioned Christopher Walken's best line? I, yes, I'm getting there. Okay. But uh, first, we have to lay a little pipe here. Uh, <laughs> narratively, <laughs> Christopher Walken explains that what is actually happening here is that Brian is the prosecutor's brother for a, a mob trial that's going on on the East Coast. Uh, the kidnapping is attempt to leverage this prosecutor. Um, and so he's like, you wouldn't know anything about that. And he, so he like sort of wanders around the room being menacing. And then at the end, and, and I apologize. And from a coffee cup that's been empty the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it even scarier. <laughs> What's he doing? Because you, you don't know if he knows or not. He's drinking the memory of coffee? <laughs> I apologize because I, I do not have a great Christopher Walken, but I have to make some attempt at, at doing something here. Do it. Threaten it. Now because you do it. Us. Don't make excuses. After Gilly claims he, he knows nothing, at the end of the scene, Walken goes, man, you know what I'd love to do right now? Go down to Marie Callender's, get me a big bowl. Pie, some ice cream on it. Mm-mm, good. I can't do it. I'm terrible. <laughs> No, 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 no. Put, no, no. Oh, oh, you the, keep going. The line's not over yet. The best part of the line isn't there. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Sure? It's not, not to give you notes, Dan. No, it's terrible. The way, you, it's also, right no, here. But also the way he says here. that just then he goes, 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 put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get it. Like, he yells it. So it's, I had to pause it and be like, what did he just say? <laughs> I rewound what it like it three already, times. It yeah. is. <laughs> he's, saying it non, he's saying nonsense, but he's saying it suddenly so loud that I was like, what? Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, just to let it sink in, I'm going to read it straight. <laughs> so can, the utter nonsense. Man, you know what I'd love to do right now? This is at the end of a scene where he's trying to intimidate This them. is the last, uh, pretty much the last thing Christopher Walken says in the film. Go down to Marie Callender's, get me a big bowl, pie, some ice cream on it. Mm-mm, good. Put it on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Sure? And Gili, to his credit, is like, no, I don't want my tongue to slap my brains out of my head. Worst, best case scenario, I'm still sitting there with pie and ice cream on top of my head. Can, can my tongue not wait? I'm gonna, I have to put it in my mouth to use it. I'm not going to tease my tongue. You don't get this. It's going to go in my butt instead. If you want this pie, you got to go through me. And by me, it's my head. So they are naturally terrified at this point. I wish the movie then just followed Christopher Walken around his day. Didn't do anything particularly dramatic, but just talked to everyone he runs errands with about that. Picking up my dry cleaning. <laughs> So they go in a car. Ah! <laughs> Left a note in the pocket. <laughs> Can't read it anymore. So they go on a car ride to get Brian out of the house. They go to this fast food place where some kids have a, a loud music on. Sheely wants to fight them. Ricky says she'll take care of it. And she does this 
scene where it's like she she threatens to like she does this thing where she tries to intimidate them. Well, she does by threatening to rip their eyes out. Mm-hmm. She gives yeah. a long speech. She gives about a long speech. Martial about arts, it. and there's this one specific way you can rip an eye out that then removes your memories of what you've seen at yeah. the same time. Yeah. This medieval alchemy medicine that she's yeah, that she's purveying. And it's one of these things that only works in a movie because if there's one thing I know about unruly teens in real life is they would start laughing immediately. Instantly. Instantly. If you want to stop some unruly teens from playing their music loud, put a hockey mask on, be six and a half feet tall, kick that boombox out of the way. They get mad, show them your scarred zombie face under the hockey mask. They will leave. Only way it works. <laughs> uh, but, but she does it without, by, with her words, whereas <laughs> Affleck, as he leaves, says, nice computer, breaks the computer, and says, suckmydick.com. <laughs> so. that, was, that was cutting edge at the time. It's the... The internet was pretty new. That illustrates the feminine and the masculine way to deal with yeah. conflict. Now he'd be like, at suckmydick.bluesky. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, you, that was the URL you used for your presentation, right? Yeah. <laughs> so back in the car, Gili gets a call from his mom. We cut to mom's house where Gili is giving his mom a shot in her butt. Um, it's Lainey Kazan, Madison, It's Lainey right? Kazan, Lainey Kazan. Uh-huh, from the Bratz movie and many other things, yeah. <laughs> Inspiration for Big Barda, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Brian has to pee, so uh, he and Ricky come into the house, and initially the mom is very excited about the idea that Geely is, is dating her, but... Who would uh, be? International Rick- recording star? <laughs> yes. She's... <laughs> but but Jayla says, oh, she's a lesbian, and the mom now seems very interested. Yeah. <laughs> Saying that sometimes men have their limitations and heavily implying uh, past same-sex encounters of her own and getting very flirty with J-Lo. Yeah, this, again, I would rather the movie was then about yes. Lainey Kazan trying to romance Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Better movie. So, in this... <laughs> in this and her name's Geely, too. Yeah. You don't have to change the title. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you were worried about, you, don't, you, say, you printed the posters. I know, you don't have to change it, it's fine. Send people, millions of people around the country, just put Lainey Kazan's face over Ben Affleck's face on the posters. Now in this film, the next thing... It's called a street team. Just send them out. In this film, Rich with Incident. (laughs) (laughs) Nighttime, Gigli's apartment again. Uh, uh, Ricky is doing yoga. uh, For a long time. For a long time, slowly. Gigli tries to convince that J-Lo... Uh, tries to convince Jayla that men are genetically designed to please women. He, t- you know, he talks about. Yeah, the this whole scene a was a lot like what was going on in my hotel room this afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> including me describing what you know. Oh, okay. Well, what what happens next? Where, where Ricky then starts talking back, like talking about how great women are. Women are saying that the thing that you want to kiss, of course, are lips. You want to kiss lips, mm-hmm. and the mouth is the twin sister of the vagina. Yeah. But she says this... It's like, calm down, Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> she says this in a... a, a but Alan Moore would say it in tarot terms. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the wand and the ball are <laughs> too, you know. She says this in, in several more words, slowly and breathily, while doing yoga. It's, this is a long monologue. This is a, and I give J-Lo credit for being able to perform it while doing yoga, without stopping and being like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Audrey, who helped me take notes, has um, what I said at this point, which was, oh my God, this scene goes on forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lewis has called uh, the apartment. Brian picks up. Uh, Julie comes and he's like, what, what are you doing? And, and he's called because he wants um, 
Gili to send Brian's thumb to the prosecutor mm. to put a little more weight on him. If I had a nickel. <laughs> Every time I have to send somebody a thumb. Next morning, a, a scene... Drive. A scene that is they utter... They wanted a thumb drive. I thought I was supposed to drive a thumb over to them. <laughs> this explains a lot of reactions I've gotten lately. <laughs> a scene happens that is... I can't interrupt Dan that much. We don't have a lot of time. A scene happens that is utterly inexplicable in the, in the movie's current form. Perhaps once we're done with the, uh, uh, the, the synopsis, we'll explain how this movie was greatly truncated from its original version. Dan did some original research of looking up the alternate versions <laughs> listing yeah. on uh, IMDb, and he found some interesting information but, uh, <clears throat> that will shock and appall you. The next morning, Brian is dancing to hip-hop, and Robin... Did we mention that Brian loves hip-hop and is constantly loves. quoting yeah. it constantly? Yeah, Robin, who's Ricky's ex-girlfriend, walks in and fights with Robin and ends up slitting her wrist because she says that Ricky loves her and won't let her die. It's, an, it's a strange interlude to uh, yeah. quote the play. Uh, we cut, the, the, the title of the play? The title interlude? Of the play, yeah. <laughs> to quote Death of a Salesman, it truly was the death of a salesman. <laughs> that salesman sure did die. Hey, the Iceman cometh in. <laughs> Howdy, Iceman. Just leave it by the door. <laughs> oh, the ice. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it goes, right? right yeah, yeah. Just next to your door to slowly melt in water just that one patch of lawn. Mm -hmm. At the hospital, Robin will be okay. And Thank uh, goodness. Lucky Ever since that last scene when I met this character, I've been worried about her. <laughs> Lucky they're at a hospital, though, where the thumbs live, because... <laughs> <laughs> or rather, don't. They go to the mortuary, they, they cut a thumb from a dead body. They go to the least secure mortuary. <laughs> All you need is Jennifer Lopez to distract the, the guy on guard I mean, for the moment. Luckily, I think that would work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luckily, luckily, there's nobody else in there, but luckily, as we know from the movies... Morticians love to eat while they work, so there is a takeout container with a plastic takeout knife, which somehow he manages to cut through a thumb with. Yeah. This is a thumb that's in rigor mortis. It's yeah. harder to cut those. Trust me, I drive a lot over, so. He's like, Brian, turn around, listen to your baby got back tape while I cut this thumb <laughs> off. Um... <laughs> now I'm for some reason when he said, it sounded like he said baby bop got back, and I'm thinking of a kid's bop version of baby got back. Now we're back in the car, the okay. other major location along with his apartment. <laughs> where Gili this could have been a play. Gili angrily tells Ricky that he's sad because she's gay and he likes her, which really seems to make things her problem that should not be her problem. <laughs> uh, back at his house. Like around now, she's like, why don't you go hang out with your friends? And he's like, I don't have friends. <laughs> he doesn't have books. He doesn't have friends. What does this guy do? Just stare at the fucking wall? He, I think Saws he off thumbs. It <laughs> just saws hands off, yeah. I mean, a, a book is a best friend, sure, yeah. If you're a certain type of boy. <laughs> uh, Ricky tells Gili he has a lot of feminine feelings because of how he checks his nails. Apparently, men look at their nail, check their nails like this when when they do it. It's a, honestly, so that, that I this, don't know that so I've done it a lot. For anyone who can't see Dan's hand, yeah, I'm curling my my fingers inward to yeah. look at them, as if he's grasping a, a like a big pickle. Yeah, and the feminine way <laughs> is to sort of hold your you hold your hand palm out as if to say, "I've had enough pickles, thank you." <laughs> oh, look at those! <laughs> no more pickle for me. <laughs> no, no, no. 
I've had sufficient. Don't come closer. <laughs> I don't even want to smell them. I've had so many. I'm trying to cut down on my sodium intake. <laughs> no, you know what? My doctor says I need more vinegar. Bring them over. <laughs> and uh, she asks if he's gay. And they, and they kiss. <laughs> I have a quote here. You need a woman. I got one. She, she is... She, the, the movie's theory about lesbians is that if she sufficiently feminizes Ben Affleck, he'll do, I guess. And that she's... And that's tough in that Wilson's leather jacket he's always wearing. <laughs> yeah. The leather jacket that Wilson the volleyball wears? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> is this where I... Uh, the, you're, you're the one summarizing, Dan. You know, this is the one flaw in my notes. I think this is where... It's uh, single flaw. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> Did you not Otherwise, write, perfect This document. is where I did not write in. You didn't write in the turkey part? It's turkey time, gobble. You know, I mean, well, again. He's been, he's, he bragged earlier that not only is his, are his genitals genetically designed to give women pleasure, but that he's also way better at cunnilingus than any woman who ever existed, which is a ludicrous claim coming from any man, but kind of feels even more ludicrous coming from Ben Affleck. <laughs> and that's when she says it's turkey time, and he goes, what? Understandably says, What? <laughs> I am, she says it's gonna take a long time to cook one of those <laughs> you can't just order one right now Fam famously you have to start defrosting them the night before Thanksgiving she says if you're gonna brine them it takes yeah you days. gotta brine it yeah it's turkey time gobble gobble yeah which means that she wants to do it like the characters in the movie Freaks, right? Because that's what they say, too. They say Google Gobble. They say Google Gobble. Oh, that's right. Okay. Google Gobble, one of us. Thank goodness, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they and then, do... You know, I, I, then I withdraw my objections. This is... <laughs> then they do it. I knew when it. we talked about this scene, it was going to get weirder, but this is going in directions I wasn't expecting. <laughs> but they, they, they do do it. They yeah. do it, which is sex. And... <laughs> Earlier, of course, Affleck had, as I said, made a big deal about who the bull was, who was the cow. Now he goes moo to indicate that he has embraced his submissive role. Yeah. If this was a different movie in most other ways... Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> then okay. this, then this would be the progressive, uh, kind of sexually open-minded movie it thinks it is. Mm -hmm. But it is not. But it also, it's also one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm willing to give. You can be on top. And the moviegoer is supposed to be like, he's learned something. Yeah. Wow. He's allowing her to commit the sin of Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> he truly has changed as wow. a man. Uh, after they, you know, poist, poist codal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poist codal. Which sounds like an old-timey football oh, player. Oh, <laughs> Post coital. That's when Poist Codal took the ball in for a 30 yard drive. <laughs> and Navy beat Army. It's like a. It's what, the way a gangster who's talking about sex does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were all Poist Codal. <laughs> That's the wabbit. <laughs> Uh, they're lying in bed. Ricky tells Gili that she will, of course, be leaving after the gig is over. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Lewis calls. He's angry. He tells the two of them to meet him. Cut to... I mean, there's some stuff in carpet. Who cares? Cut to... We'll talk about Sun Tzu at some point, but I think that's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I shouldn't Al Pacino is now in the picture. <laughs> you provide your other oh! classic actor book idea. <laughs> uh, you hear about this ice cream and pie? Hoo-ah! <laughs> 
Al uh, is monologuing about how the most intimidating thing is when someone doesn't give a shit. Uh, but yes, it's, a, it's. I think it's a slightly reserved Al Pacino here. He I mean, for that people. period in Al Pacino's career, certainly. Yeah. This must uh, have been after he had the surgery on his vocal cords that allowed them to be quiet again. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pacino, I'm sorry you have vocal loudening. <laughs> Is it going to hurt my acting career? <laughs> With surgery and therapy, we think you might be able to talk at a reasonable conversational tone again. Oh, that's great news. <laughs> Pacino asked Lewis if he wants to go to medical school, and Lewis like, medical school? And Al Pacino... <laughs> You're going to pay for it? Thank you. ...shoots him in the head and says something like, they always need more dead bodies. Uh, he is... He is the mad. The only problem is he didn't hear the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Now, this scene is... This scene is... I like the scene for Al Pacino, but also because it makes sure that... Like, this is the part of the movie where I'm like, oh, the movie knows that this scheme was dumb. Like, the idea that w the way to put pressure on would be to kidnap the prosecutor's brother. And, like, Al Pacino's like, you idiots. Like, this is going to make... This makes all of the, the law enforcement mad. Like, they're coming down hard on me. Why would you do this? And it's at no not point is Lewis like, it's my fault I told them. To be fair, he's dead he's at this dead point. He's dead at this point, so he can't really... His ghost it. isn't like, oh, boo, don't blame them. Well, like, I'll give you this one, Gili. You know that... that, that None of this made any sense at any point. <laughs> but it feels, this movie sometimes feels like they were writing the script as they went along and then didn't go back and rewrite anything. And then two-thirds of the way through, someone was like, I was reading the pages you wrote. They went to, took it to their writer's group. Well, so we read your pages. The, plot, the plan doesn't really make any sense. Do you want to change the plan? I think I'll just have a character explain it doesn't make any sense. It's a bad plan. This is also a great scene because I feel like Ben Affleck was like, oh my God, I get to do a scene with Al Pacino and they're like, you don't get to say anything. You, <laughs> you get to sit there and watch him stun on you. <laughs> so, uh... I mean, it'd still be pretty cool. Yeah. Just be in that room with Al Pacino stunts on you. J-Lo manages to sweet talk Pacino into letting them go Take care of Brian because he is the only other loose end who is not in the room with them. Take and, care of him? And they're never on board with Lewis. Yeah, you know, take like, care adopt of him. him? Uh, I think she implies that they'll kill him, but that they have oh. no intention to. They've already protected his thumb, so <laughs> the rest of his body is also valuable. In to for them. a thumb, oh, in for a mile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a car ride, <laughs> another car ride, where Gili tells Brian not to be afraid of women, a weird thing to have happen at this point in the movie. It's also, yeah. it's not, is it based on anything? I, I don't, other I than, mean. Other than his general kind of like well, Baywatch. Sexual interest in Baywatch. He's riding high at this point. But, he yeah. thinks that he has done the impossible and that he is now master of all love That's and true. sex. That's true. Yeah, he's, he's. He's just the, the love master of all time. He, he, this is earlier... I mean, like a love goof. <laughs> yeah. Dan also... He, he forgot to mention that at one point, uh, he's talking... Uh, the, uh, well, Brian's talking about the Baywatch, and he talks about how it makes his penis sneeze. <laughs> Which is... I don't like it. And I felt like I needed to put it in your brains. Do you, do you think there's noise, or...? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if you turn the volume up on your phone loud enough, you can hear the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific, Stuart. Uh, so they're passing the beach. There's like, oh, the Baywatch is open. So they, they stop at the beach where Gili calls Brian's brother, telling him where Brian is so he can be picked up. Uh, uh, Gili asks Brian how his nails look, and Brian looks at his nails in the masculine way. 
which is just a little, you know, twist at the end. Like, everyone laughs at Affleck, Affleck for Getabin being emasculated. Uh, Gili tells Ricky to take his car and get out of town. I don't know why they can't both take the car at this point. I mean, his mom lives in town, you know. I guess so. This is, now, this, but I have to admit, leaves, oh, yeah. so, so there's something going on on the beach. And I have to, this part is distracting because every time it cuts to Brian, two more women in bikinis walk by him. And at a certain point, I was like, there's an endless stream of women in bikinis who happen to be walking by every time it cuts to him. Well, it turns out there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Because they are, in fact, it seems... I, I don't know what they say explicitly that they're shooting Baywatch, but it seems like they're shooting, if not Baywatch... Something some Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, Baywatch, I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> it's or or it's like a remake of a Annette Funicello movie or something. Because it's yeah. just people in bikinis yeah, yeah, yeah. dancing. Yeah. He or an episode of California Dreams, right? They shot that live on a beach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're almost entirely inside the school, but yeah. <laughs> Brian, maybe, maybe it's an episode of Pacific Blue. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 sh the show about bicycle cops on the beach, which, by the way, like that seems like a bad mode of transportation on sand. I just want to... Just, what should dispute, they ride? Dispute the premise of this old USA network. What do you ride? Were they going to ride camels around? There's, it's going to be crazy. Anyway, Brian gets his dream of being part of the Baywatch. He's an extra on the set. He dances with this Australian girl. He oh, talks up till to. now, he's also he is constantly calling the Australian weather forecast on the phone. He's, oh yeah, that's so right. Because so he likes he, the sound. He likes the sound of Australian voices, and Julie keeps going, "That's expensive." And Brian goes, "It's not expensive." That's as far as the conversation goes every yeah. single time. At this point... And we see all the, all the principal cast of the show Baywatch, right? <laughs> no, no one. <laughs> At this point, uh, J-Lo returns in the car. She reveals that her real name is Rochelle, and they drive away together in an anticlimactic ending that uh, I then... I discovered it was because this movie was cut up a lot. Hey everybody, it's time for our favorite show, Dan McCoy, Movie Detective. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, now, uh, Gili, uh, something about this ending, it made sense. Uh, something didn't sit right with me about this ending. <laughs> seems, it seems like nothing really happens at the end. A lot of dangling <laughs> plot threads. It's like this movie, which up until then has been a pot boiler. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fizzles out. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not original research. I didn't call director Martin Brest. I'm like, what, Mar Marty, what's up? This is uh, freely... I, I, Dan, I applaud the restraint you showed in not calling up someone with the name Brest. <laughs> Knowing your hobbies. <laughs> so, <clears throat> apparently, the original cut, the the girlfriend we met earlier and then disappeared is important because... She is actually the hit woman. She is the contractor. That is her job. Uh, J-Lo's character is her girlfriend, and they had had an argument, and she wanted to walk in her girlfriend's shoes, so she decided to sort of play act as a contractor for the weekend. Because J-Lo's dad, Atticus Finch, told her, no. don't judge your mentally imbalanced girlfriend until you've walked a, killed a mile in her shoes. So, so that's why... I mean, in retrospect, it makes the scene where she threatens those guys work a little bit better it because it's like, this is why she's not actually threatening. It certainly justifies the existence of that character. Yes. And shows why she's a, yeah, why she's a danger, you know. But that's, that's why she's like, I can't be the, gr the girl you want me to be because she literally isn't. Mm. She drives out of the movie. She is gone at that point. There's no happy ending for, for them. Uh, as in real life until later. 
Until later, everyone. <laughs> Benefer, term two. Um, <clears throat> and then... They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> but they did it, everybody. Gili, now reformed, you know, tries to give Brian over to Christopher Walken. Turns out Christopher Walken is a crooked cop. Something totally unsurprising, <laughs> given how creepy he was acting. Uh, they get into the most sh shocking thing about the movie is that Christopher Walken does not turn out to be a crooked yeah. cop. Yeah. They get into a shootout. Uh, Christopher Walken dies. Affleck is mort mort mortally wounded. Uh, dying, he drives Brian back to the beach. And then he dies while Brian is dancing with the Yes. Beach. And it's going to be called, uh, the movie's called Back to the Beach. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> Annette Funicello. <laughs> Pee Wee comes out and does a Surfing Bird rendition. It it's pretty sounds, great. Man, sounds great. So it's um, literally the same as Back to the Beach. Yes. They just the same remade movie. it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's Gili. That's the original ending for Gili. The original. So it was more of a kind of like a Midnight Cowboy type of depressing movie. Originally, apparently, it was more of a crime charitable. film, and then like, they turned it into more of an urban cowboy kind of, yeah. you know, funzo film. You know. Yeah, it was a real funzo. That's <laughs> what I would say about Gili. <laughs> The Eurovision Song Contest. Hundreds of millions of people watch it every year. It played a part in a democratic revolution in Portugal, it introduced the world to Riverdance, and it launched Celine Dion's career. But you might have never watched it. It's got so much history and so many storylines that it can feel overwhelming to get into. Mm-hmm, it's like a real housewife season, but everyone's a better singer. Well, sometimes, but that's where we come in. I'm Dimitri Pompey. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I'm Jeremy Bent, and we're the hosts of Eurovangelists. If you're new to Eurovision, we'll tell you everything you need to know to start enjoying the world's most important important song competition. And if you're already a fan, we'll dive deep on its wildest moments, like when Ireland sends a turkey puppet to sing for them. You're Evangelist. New episodes every Thursday. On MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. Hey there. Breaking in with one Jumbotron this week is a message for Seth, and it is from Melissa. Happy birthday, Seth. Your love of movies and desire to share them with me and our friends is truly the best. Dakota and I are lucky to get to do life with you. That's very sweet. I hope for everyone that you have someone out there that it's fun to do life with. Uh, and happy birthday again to Seth. And now, back to the show. So, we've done it. Now this is the point where we make our final judgments okay. on Zeely. Yep. Okay. Weather. Jaylee. Yep. You have been accused of being not good. <laughs> is this a good, bad movie? Is it a bad, bad movie? Is it a movie you kind of like, 
For once, I'm going to throw it to you first, Stuart. What oh, do you have no. To say? <laughs> oh, I'm in the hot seat. Uh, no, th- I think this is, I would argue this is a bad, bad movie. There are, there is one. Exp- prove your point, sir. <laughs> what evidence? There's, I mean, there's one incredible scene <laughs> featuring Christopher Walken. We've talked about it quite a bit. Um, but no, it's, yeah, I mean, it feels like it is wrongheaded, and I don't know if I'd say it's miscast, but I feel like Ben Affleck hasn't, hadn't reached that state in his, his powers yet that he could pull this performance off. Um, like, he's like, he couldn't do the, like, silly idiot well enough for me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to say Bad Bad. Yeah, I'm going to say Bad Bad, too. I, I watched this movie when it came out because it was a legendary flop, and I was curious about it. Uh, rewatching it, like sort of squinting, I'm like, oh, I can kind of see the movie they wanted to make. I can kind of get it more. Because like, I think if you took out the two central huge problems in the movie, there's some stuff in here. I'm like, oh, Not yeah. Left, though, Dan. <laughs> this quirky you Take those crime. two things out, there's like nothing left. <laughs> like that is the movie. You saw that part where they're driving around the car? I mean, <laughs> come on. I guess you're right. If yeah. it's just a movie about Jennifer Lopez intimidating teens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is dangerous minds. It is more more interesting than I gave it credit for at the time, but it is, yeah, it's bad. bad It is also bad. I'm going to make it a triple unanimous vote that it's bad, bad. I wish it was shorter and faster moving, and then maybe it could be good, bad, but it's a movie that really takes its time. It feels like it is, it's still living off the fumes of, uh, that 90s era when you could do like a kind of quasi-crime, quasi-talking moving movie where uh, the people just hang out in rooms and talk and you're like, mm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm learning something about human nature. Yeah. It's cool. And instead, it's neither of those things. And they do spend a lot of time just hanging around his apartment. And there's a certain point, it's, it's bad when you're watching a movie about a kidnapping and you're like, so they're just there all day? <laughs> Like, do they, like, what do they do most of the day? Like, what, uh, what are they, they've been there all day. <laughs> How are they entertaining him? And there's no- Yoga. And, yeah, I guess, but it's also such a loose kidnapping because they're just like, Brian, don't use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Police are here, you should probably go in the other room. <laughs> and yeah. Brian is like, okay. Like, it is. <laughs> yeah, so I, I will say, go just watch Christopher Walken in that one scene on yeah. YouTube. And you'll get your money's worth. We have about <laughs> 10 minutes to do questions because we got to turn the, uh, the room over for more Sketchfest shows. There's going to be, is there's a microphone, I think, coming out over the, uh, I'm, wait, I'm watching it. It's, yeah, point, it's moving right it's there. Gonna, follow my finger as it moves it's into one, the, It's going to be, I think it's going to end up over here. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to. Cut it off with brute force in about 10 minutes, but uh, up brute until that force? point. Starring Hume Cronin and mm-hmm. Lancaster? <laughs> yeah. What an amazing movie. Okay, so if you have a great question, please ask it. If your question is okay, mm-hmm. think about asking it. If your question is bad, don't even get up. <laughs> okay, we're going to do these rapid fire, so I hope these questions are easy. Yes. I think mine's easy. Hi. Peaches, my name is Brooke, last name withheld. Hello. Uh, and I'm Dan, pretty... we don't have the time. <laughs> and I am the fan, I'm pretty sure, who recommended Dweegans and Leprechauns. Oh. Oh, wow, thank uh, you for that. Oh, you're yeah, so Yeah, what have you done to <laughs> <Yeah>. atone? <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
Uh, my question is, if you were a Dwegan, uh, God damn it. what would your, your shtick be? Because they all sort of had their own shtick. I mean, I'm not that far from being a Dwegan, to be honest. Which is what, like a leprechaun and a fairy have sex and they make a Dwegan, right? Yeah, or was yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you explained it to everybody. Yeah. Really in case, I mean, yeah, in case there's one or two people in the audience who didn't see Dweekins and Leprechauns. <laughs> yeah. The biggest hit of that year. Yeah. Dweekins and Leprechauns. And, yep, the Oscar goes to, I don't even know why I opened the envelope, Dweekins and Leprechauns. What the biggest stand-up and cheer moment of the year. <laughs> yeah, when the Dweekins entered the Speed Force. Uh, so, Dan, what would you be? Um, I'm just going to say I'll have a little deerstalker cap and I'll, like, have a pipe that has bubbles that comes out of it. Oh. Uh, I think my thing's going to be eating fried chicken and uh, loving wife's butts. Oh. oh what? Wait, you stop. Oh, Hold my. on. That's Thank you. I can do whatever theft. I want. I'm Thank a you. Yes, sir. Dweegans can do whatever they want. Hi there. John, last name withheld. I'm just curious. After watching so many bad movies, and I apologize if you've answered this before, but um, are there particular movies that you wish you had been on, on set for to just see what went down? This, this is a different kind of... It's not an entirely bad movie, but I think I've said before I would love to be on the set of David Lynch's Dune. Okay. Yeah. Partly because yeah. I want to see those puppets, <laughs> but also yeah. just to walk around and just to go up to David Lynch and be like, do you know what you're doing? I'm going to go, well, maybe this is what I do in my career now. I don't know. <laughs> they asked me to make a movie about space worms. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart might be thinking about the it, yeah. bit I was doing backstage, which was David Lynch hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here on the night where kids rule. <laughs> Who's going to win? I don't know. Oh, time. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I feel like in the interest of getting through people, let, let's let that stand because it's beautiful. Okay, thank, you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, my uh, five-year-old loves Horse Meets Dog. Oh, thank you very much. So I want to thank Elliot Ooh. for writing that, that book. Thank you. I, I was wondering if Dan and Stu wrote a uh, piece of children's fiction, what, mm -hmm. what would the moral be? Oh, <laughs> uh, shut up. <laughs> What's the kid's version of Let People Fuck Tunes? <laughs> I don't think you have to tell kids that. Be yourself. <laughs> And Stu? Uh, <laughs> be careful how you talk to service people. <laughs> A specific but great moral. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really helpful because, yeah, I just hate it so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not enough kids learn about proper tipping early enough. No, I just mean, like, parents shouldn't be, like, at a fucking deli with a line and be like, okay, what do you want to order yeah, from yeah, the man? Yeah. The guy's like, ugh, I'm busy. Why do I have to hear this fucking kid mispronounce words? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gabagool, kid. <laughs> Thank you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sopranos joke. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, hi, Tim. Uh, nothing withheld. I'm not embarrassed. Bab. Um, wow. wow. Bold move. Yeah, I'm proud to be a Flophouse fan. Doxed himself. I want to know if there's any uh, movie that you've done already that you've revisited later and thought, oh, there are jokes I didn't put in the podcast that I wish I could have put in the podcast. Like, you're like, oh, I, don't know. I, I wish I'd said that. We've been doing this for like 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think it's, it's, long to go it's hard to remember. Like, people will occasionally tweet a joke oh, at me that should have been in the in the show yeah, and yeah. my reaction <laughs> I, I love that people listen to the show and I love that they care <laughs> to reach out 
My reaction is never good because it's either like, no, that's not a good joke, or yes, damn it, you're right, I should have said that. Now I feel bad. <laughs> uh, I don't even, I, I barely remember what we say in <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't, a, I can't think a of specific feed. examples, but I'm assuming we miss a lot of jokes because mainly we're not even really talking about the movie. <laughs> yeah. In the olden days when we used to record the show, we recorded at midnight, basically. So we weren't in our right minds. <laughs> I had a belly full of fried chicken. I don't know what I was saying. I was like yeah. seven beers deep. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is yes. <laughs> and now Thank look you. at you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Eric, last name withheld. Uh, it feels like Quentin Tarantino is ultimately to blame for Geely in, a, in an indirect sure, way. Sure, yeah, this we is, yes. do that. This so is something fine. my friend Tom Manning said to me over text today, <laughs> so, so, so Tom, what, you scooped him. What good director do you think is indirectly responsible for the most egregious crimes against cinema? What director? Good director. Good director. Oh, good director. Good director. Okay, well, that narrows it, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't necessarily buy... In, uh, Lucas, probably, just yeah. in the sense that, like... Uh, well... He like popularized yeah. the idea of like the, like Joseph Campbell should be the model for all movies. Yes, and that's not true. That really flattens out storytelling. But then every movie is the same movie: Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Willow. <laughs> They're all the same. Every movie. Last year at Marion Bad, Day for Night. It's all the same story. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, let's yeah. move along then. Okay. Hi, Matthew Grieve, last name withheld. Uh, I was wondering if you, what background Star Wars character would you choose to make a Star Wars Disney Plus miniseries and why? Gonk droid, gonk droid, gonk droid. Yeah. Give me that gonk. What's his story? What's his, he's a trash can with feet. He says one word. He also walks around real slow like a boss. What's his home life? Does he have a wife? Hey, does he have a wife? I don't know. Let's do the show. Come on. Gonk droid. Oh. Yeah, what's his what's his hero's journey? What's his Joseph Campbell story? No. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to cheat a little bit because there's also a backdoor pilot for a salacious crumb series. Yeah. <laughs> Love me that Kowakian monkey lizard. Yes, sir. Adam, last name withheld from Lucasfilm. You're hired. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, finally my dream. <laughs> no, not at all. Then, then I sit down <laughs> and I'm like, I got to write 10 episodes of a gong show? What did I get myself into? <laughs> So I've noticed that a common thread in a lot of like bad, bad films is that they have flashbacks to scenes that already occurred in the film. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can think of a movie where that was ever used well. <laughs> there, there definitely are some that are not coming to mind at the moment. There are definitely movies that will flashback to something, to previous footage in a way that recontextualizes it. Like, it adds something to it, not just well, adds like, uh, oh, the killer was back there, you know. Well, it's, Dan's it's, favorite actor, Kevin Spacey, was in uh, <laughs> Usual no. Suspects. No, stop doing this. You said something, Dan, about, how, you, how, about how it's the, the audience's no. duty to separate no. the, the art, artist from their art. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what he says in the group chat. I mean, he doesn't yeah. say it at all. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. <laughs> we, I think we can get through everyone who's currently up yeah, standing. If so. no more people join. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, last name withheld. I want to bring us back to Gili and to the climactic scene. Oh, thanks. Where they're... <laughs> where, uh, Gotta go back to Gili. <laughs> did it, did it, did it. Where uh, Ben Affleck is um, engaged in coitus... And okay. there's a moment where it can only be described as a thousand-yard stare occurs um, during which is probably his orgasm. My question to you guys is, do you think this is how he looks when he's actually engaged in coitus with Jennifer Lopez? 
I'm gonna say not when, not at the time, but possibly now. <laughs> I mean, you've seen his, but like, unless he's holding a fucking donkey's, he ain't gonna smile. <laughs> yeah. There's all, there's he has a collection of sad memes at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's that picture of him just staring at the ocean with that big phoenix tattoo on his back. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yes, please. Hi, Emily, last name withheld. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Dune 2 promotional popcorn bucket. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a sandworm mouth you have to reach through with the sort of rubber teeth that yeah. you have to yeah. put your hand through. Anyway, Just as what... Mike Herbert intended when he wrote the book. <laughs> what movie do you wish would have had a promotional popcorn bucket and what would it have That's a really good question. Oh, that's a great question. Ooh, there's so much potential there. Well, Elliot thinks, I just want to mention that I was text, my friends texted me uh, a David Ehrlich tweet (laughs) where he's like, yes, you can fuck the the bucket. (laughs) And I was like, how fuckable could this bucket be? And then I saw the bucket and I'm like, it's a pretty fuckable bucket. Should just call it a fuck it. Um, I'm going to say Mandy Cheddar Goblin bucket. Oh, man. That's so bad. That's good. I want an alien bucket that's shaped like uh, John Hurt's chest. I want like a gremlin's bucket because like they, they have popcorn in the movie. It's just like I an mean, infinite... the poster is that he's coming out of exactly. a... Exactly. Infinite regress of like bucket after bucket after like all gremlins with buckets of popcorn. <laughs> Thank you. I want a, yeah. yeah, I want a tar bucket that just looks like Lydia Tar. <laughs> you just want everything to look like Lydia Tar. Stuart is so into tar. Okay. You're to reach into her head. Okay, la- last question of the evening. Better be about tar. Uh, I'm going to disappoint you. Uh, uh, my name's Frank, uh, last name withheld. Oh, uh, that's a good name. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> Dan, why did you, why did you I'm stuck that? with it. It's been 30 years. He okay, said he so. was going to disappoint oh, us. I, see. I, I get it. It sounded like you, it was a compliment that was that, phrased in the question this. in yes. life. Okay, with the question. Are you ready for me? Okay, great. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> would it shock you to know that the only positive thing about this movie is the score, which was played over the most shitty monologues that you've ever heard in your entire life? That would shock me. <laughs> but it did. That was the only positive accolades. That who, from who, who, do you know who did it? John Powell. Don't know. Who okay. gives a fuck? But seriously, that was the only good thing about the movie. So, yeah. by the score. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Avail- Christopher Walken by the score. Available on Arista Records. Listen to Christopher Walken now. while the score plays. <laughs> uh, we got to get off stage because there are a lot of Sketchfest shows, but thank you so much for coming out. Thank, thank you. you. It's been great. You were a delight. Uh, for the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Hi-ya! Bye. Thank you, everybody at Cobbs. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to 2024, everybody. You ready for a great year? Yeah, I don't buy it either. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.